Father God, we thank you that we get this opportunity just to come and to share and to hear from you. And I pray, Father God, that as we listen today, that you'll speak to each and every one of us, wherever we're at with you, wherever we're at on our journey of faith. Lord God, may we be encouraged, may we be challenged, may we be edified this morning, and may we lift your name high in our response afterwards. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Well, wow, what a privilege it is to be here. It really is. And uh, for all the students, you're here in Plymouth for the first time. So am I. So I do the things. Everyone wears shorts in Plymouth. Like I'm freezing and you're all wearing shorts. What's happening? And that water looked freezing. Is anyone else like, it's like, wow. So um, I get the amazing opportunity to go around the country and like communicate about God. And a lot of people ask me about the Edinburgh Fringe and uh, why do I do that? And then um, when, um, when I was like 16, cause I, I'm from a place called Musselburgh, which is just outside Edinburgh. And I used to go up when I was 15, 16, and I would hear like comedians absolutely slagging Jesus off, absolutely ripping Christianity apart, absolutely offensive about our faith. And I remember sitting there as a 15, 16 year old lad and I said, one day I'm gonna be on that stage and I am gonna lift up the name of Jesus. And uh, do you know what? It was amazing because the last few years that I've had the chance to do it, it's like a dark space. There's a lot of comedy up there that is horrendous. But I was so excited to have my venue right near Edinburgh Castle and we had people coming through and I was able to talk about the cross. I was able to do all the message of God. We had a lot of laughs, we had a lot of fun, but the message got out there. So it was absolutely brilliant time. And uh, you get people shouting out the most random things. I think I was kind of doing my stuff and the most random thing is, a guy just shouted out, always put salt in your pot noodle. And I don't know how to respond to that. Does anyone have any reply to that? I was like, thank you for that. That's good. Always put salt in your pot noodle. Wow. I love that students are going, mm, that's quite a good idea. I, I'm going to try that. It's like, I feel like pot noodles are literally disgusting. I don't think there's many things that can help a pot noodle, but maybe salt is the answer. Um, I'm married to Tamsin and I've got two kids. And my oldest uh, is a lad called Jordan. And uh, I was reading the book, and this book was by this American preacher who said that he used to take his son to all the different talks, and his son would sit on the front row. And he would say that his son would be like, amazing, preach it, this is great. His son said to him, Dad, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. His dad said to him, is it okay if I call you sir? And I'm thinking, I want that, yeah? I want my son to do it. So I started to take my son to a few things. And I got the chance to speak in Birmingham. There was about 2,000 people. And my son, he was 15, sitting on the front row. He was totally bored, right? So I'm like speaking. And he's like, oh, when is this going to end, yeah? And I'm thinking, come on, George. Come on, help me here. And so a priest, I did my best. And lots of people responded and it was good and the leader of the whole event said 
We've got a little side room and we've asked all the leaders to come into the side room and we would like you to answer some questions. So at the end of the event, I said to my lad, Jordan, we've got to go in here. And he's like, oh. So we go in and he sits down and people start asking me questions. And they're like saying, how did you craft your talk? How did you put that together? And I don't know about you, but you know when you start getting asked questions like that, you start to answer in a little bit of a pompous way. And you're like, ah, amazing. I uh, And uh, I was kind of like answering like this and starting to get a little bit. And I saw a little table with tea and coffee on it. And so in front of all these leaders, I says, hey, son, how about you jump up and get your dad a coffee, right, in front of all the leaders? And he shouts back at me, hey, how about you get it yourself? Oh, oh. I mean, there was like a synchronized buttock clench, yeah? I mean, everyone... Mm, about 40 people went to get me coffee. It was very embarrassing, yeah? And then on the way home, I'm like, Jordan, flip it, eh? I'm like, what do you mean shouting out? How about you get it yourself? My son, 15 years old, sitting next to me, and he went, Dad, God has told me to keep you humble. I was like, oh. So I was like, wow, that's amazing, because God has told me to keep you in poverty. So we're all gonna, we're all gonna work out just fine, aren't we? You little, oh, I deeply, deeply regret teaching him how to speak. Do you know what I mean? Why, why have I done that? I've taught him how to speak, and now he's using it against me. It's gross. So I'm excited about what I want to chat about today. I want to chat from a really amazing verse, John chapter 8 and verse 36. A lot of people in this room might know these words, but the Bible says, wow, so if the Son sets you free, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Wow, if Jesus sets you free, you will be free indeed. But what does that mean for us in 2022? What does it actually mean to be set free by Jesus? What does that even look like when we've got our days uh, uh, this week, when we're out and we've got our job or we've got our studies or we've got our kind of challenges and opportunities? What does this even mean? Jesus setting us free. What does it look like? You see, I want to talk about three things I think that Jesus wants to see us set free from. The first one is that I feel like I want to talk about is that Jesus wants us to be free from our baggage. Free from our baggage. Every single person, every one of us that's come in this room, we've all got our stuff. We've all got our baggage. It all looks really different, but every one of us has got baggage that we're dragging. I've dragged my baggage in here today and tucked it under the chair. And it's like so easy for us to bring our baggage and then to go and take it with us, to take our baggage with us, to come and listen to some great songs, listen to a good talk, and then just take our stuff away with us. But that's not what Jesus wants. Jesus wants us to be free from our baggage. It's like, wow, you know, what is it that your baggage looks like today? 
I, I, I was praying about this and I, I thought there's maybe someone in the room and your baggage is anxiety. I, I, I'm speaking about what I feel God's speaking to me and saying that somebody in the room is waking up in the middle of the night. You, you've, you've got things going on and, and your mind's wearing and it's difficult and you are not getting a full night's sleep and that baggage goes everywhere with you. Somebody's worrying, somebody's got kind of feelings of depression, somebody here in the room is feeling like, you know, that their life is kind of like worthless and valueless. Lots of us have got different kinds of baggage. You know, maybe you're kind of like a new student and you're trying to work out how it all works and you're feeling overwhelmed. I don't know what your baggage looks like. I know what mine looks like. I know my struggles. I know my challenges. But Jesus wants us to be free from baggage. I, um, I got the chance to do this thing called Extreme Character Challenge. And what it means is you go up these high mountains in Scotland and the whole theme of it is, what are you like when you get tipped upside down? So they put you under incredible pressure so you find out what your true character is. Turns out, I'm not a very nice person, yeah? When I get tipped up upside down, I like headbutting people. But, you know, we all find out new things about ourselves every day, don't we? But, you know, it's kind of like very extreme and, and wow, it was a powerful time. And it's four days and you carry this huge rucksack with your tent in it and your, all your food and all your sleeping stuff and everything. And the rucksack is so heavy, it's unbelievable. And um, there was a gentleman on it who was kind of in his 80s and he was really struggling. He'd got this huge rucksack on his back and when he was trying the hills, it was so difficult. And you know, on the second day, he began to stagger and he was really struggling. And on the last day, we had the, the biggest mountain of it all and we were doing it and halfway up, the gentleman fell onto his knees and a few people gathered round and were like trying to help him. And uh, one of the guys on the group was 16, a 16 year old guy. And this 16 year old lad, he said to him, he said, let me carry your rucksack. And the old man was like, no, no, you've already got your own. I can't do that, I'm not doing that, I'll keep going. And so we all got back up and he staggered a few more steps and he tried a bit harder. And after a few more steps, he fell down again. And the young lad said to him these words, he says, let me take it off you. I don't mind, I'll do it. And the old gentleman looked at him and there was this moment where the old gentleman said, will you take my burden? Will you take my baggage? And this huge, heavy rucksack. And the 16-year-old lad, he's got his own rucksack on his back and he takes the old man's rucksack and he puts it on the front. Because like when you're 16, you like don't care, do you? You're like, ah, yeah, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, give me one and I'll put it on my head. I'm not bothered. I am 16 and I can eat a whole cow. And so the thing is, I don't know if that's what they do, but... Um, 
And it was like a really powerful moment. And we saw the guys get to the top of the mountain. And when this old gentleman got to the top, man, I was crying. Everyone was crying. It was so emotional. And he got to the top and the young 16-year-old lad, it was quite funny because he didn't really want the hug, but he got the hug anyway. And the old man was like, and it was like really powerful moment. And I realized that the, 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 the significant bit of this was when the old gentleman had to have a moment of humility and say, will you take my bag? And you know, he could have tried to keep on going. He could have tried to keep on going and who knows what would have happened. But the truth is that all of us have to have that moment of humility where we say to Jesus, Jesus, will you take my baggage? Will you take my stuff? Will you take my worry, my anxiety, my depression, my uh, whatever I'm struggling with, whatever it is that is going through my mind, whatever it is that is bothering you, would you have that moment where you can say, Jesus, please. You see, in Matthew chapter 11, the Bible says, cast your burdens onto me. Jesus says, let me have your stuff. He comes to every one of you, whether, you know, you're a student here today, whether, you know, we're a bit older and we've got other stuff going on. Jesus comes to us and says, let me take it. And all of you can go out of this room with your baggage strapped back on and try to get through this week. Or we can have a moment of humility where we say, Jesus, I want to be free from my baggage. A little while ago, about, I think it was maybe four or five years ago, I was going through these like really anxious times. I was crying everywhere. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I couldn't stop crying. I was crying in all these different places. Here's a little tip for you though. If you feel a bit of a cry going on, it's coming up. Oh, I think I'm gonna cry. Get yourself to Starbucks because they give you free coffee. And uh, they don't do it in Costa. And, uh, and I've cried in all of them. And uh, this is, oh, here's, here's an Americano, sir. You look like you're a bit upset. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, could you also get me a double espresso and I'll have a pastry. And uh, you know, the truth is, is that there I am going through this thing and I didn't know what it was. And my wife's talking to me and out of this moment of humility where I said, Jesus, I hand this over to you. And when I had this moment, I says, would you take my burden? Would you take what is weighing me down? Jesus wants every one of us to be free from baggage. Jesus wants every one of us to be free from restriction. Free from restriction. So not only free from baggage, but also free from restriction. He wants you to live in a place of expansion and, and blessing. He's got so much for you and he wants you to have that. He doesn't want you to live in a contorted kind of life that's like less than it could be. Jesus doesn't want you to live a lesser life than you could be living right now. He wants you to live in a place of abundance and blessing. He's got so much for you. I've got a friend called Terry and Terry got in touch with me. He was absolutely buzzing because Terry was going on a business trip and he says, Mark, it's going to be amazing because the, the company are going to put me up in a top, top hotel. He was absolutely buzzing. He says, Mark, I, I'm not going to be like in a Premier Inn. I'm going to be in the top, top hotels. Like, wow. And he was really excited. He got to the hotel 
He told me later, he's in the foyer. He's looking at the foyer. It's like amazing. It's like you could sleep in the foyer. He's really excited. It's all getting paid for. And he gets his card and he's going on the lift. And on the way up in the lift, he's absolutely excited about what this room's going to be like. And he gets to the room and he gets in and he is devastated. He goes, Mark, I'm gutted. He goes, I got in and it was tiny. He says, the bed was small. The TV was small. I had this tiny little toilet next to the bed. It was horrible. And I'm looking at it and I'm so gutted. And I says, well, what did you do? Did you go back down and complain? He went, no, I was so disappointed. I just says, stuff it. And he says, and I slept in the little bed. He goes, my legs were hanging off the end of the bed. I told my dad this. My dad's five foot one. My dad was like, I a dream of being in a bed that I've got my legs hanging over the end, yeah? He says, I've never been in one of them in my life. And he was like absolutely devastated. Terry was gutted. He says, and in the morning, I was lying in this tiny little bed that I'd been contorted in all night. And I was like looking at the door of the toilet and I saw the, there was this cupboard door. And I thought, oh, I think it's a cupboard door. And he got up and he pushes the cupboard door and some of you have already guessed what it is. It was the door into the master bedroom in the big, huge double bed with the massive telly and the lovely ensuite. And he had been sleeping the night in the children's annex, yeah? When he could, all of that was for him. And he was like, I says, oh, mate, what a disaster. What a disaster. But you know, I find it fascinating. The Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse 9, Jesus said these incredible words, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he shall be saved. You see, my mate Terry's lying on the bed. He's looking at what he thought was just a cupboard door. He thought that's just going to lead to nothing. And people look at Jesus and they think, that's just going to lead to a life of religion. That's just going to lead to a life of boring church. It's going to be not for me. But actually, when you find out about it, going through this door called Jesus, wow, it's all this incredible, beautiful things that God has got for you. God has got a future and a destiny and life and blessing for you. And he doesn't want you to be contorted in a life where you're kind of bending around the circumstances. You're just trying your best to make it work. He wants you to live in all the fullness and the blessing of all that God has got for you. Wow. And we come through Jesus into all that God has got for us. Incredible. Not only does Jesus want us to be free from baggage and free from restriction, but finally, he wants us to be free from guilt. Free from guilt. He wants us to be completely free that we can stand before God and be absolutely like, wow, flawless, able to come before God and be like, I'm completely clean. I am completely clear. When my kids were little, I don't know, the students probably are like, we have not heard of that. But maybe some of us older guys, can anyone remember Etch-a-Sketches? Can you remember when you were like drawing, oh, thank you for being kind. I was like, some of the like, you remember when your kids used, 
What a nightmare when your kid draws you something and comes running up and is like, Daddy, Daddy, look what I've drawn you. And you're like, oh, oh, what the, oh, 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 you've drawn Daddy a giraffe. And he, your kid's like, no, no giraffe. Oh, um, oh, it's so beautiful. I don't know what it is. And you're like looking at it and you're trying to go, oh, and it's like, daddy, daddy, that's you. You're like, <laughs> go to your room. No, you're like, oh, wow. And you know, all this scribbling and drawing and wow. But the great thing about extra sketches is that you were able to do that amazing thing where you could just wipe it all out, make it completely clear, and you can start again. And all of us in this room, we're trying our best, we're doing what we can do, but sometimes what we've got is just a bit of a mess. We've had a bit of a go. I doubt there are many people that would stand up and say, I've got no regrets. I've never done anything wrong. I doubt there's hardly anyone in this place that would stand up and say, no, I'm fine, I'm okay. I don't feel like I need this clean slate. We've all done stuff, we've all messed up. The Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all tried our best a bit at life and we've created a bit of a mess. And then there's this wonderful thing where Jesus, he died on the cross so that our lives could be made completely clean. Like that slate is completely washed clean. Why did we get so excited singing these songs at the beginning today? Because we know that we've tried and our heart was just a bit of a bit of an attempt, bit of an effort, but bits of it were wrong and bits of it were right. And we've got this incredible, powerful blood of Jesus that just washes us completely clean and we can start again. You see, when Jesus talks about being free, He talks about us being free from baggage, free from restriction, and free from guilt. That I can stand before a holy God and be completely clean. I was in Canada when I was a young student and um, basically I was playing some American football with some lads and we were all there and it was good fun. I mean, I don't really know what American football is. They just shout numbers at each other and throw the ball and it's kind of like, yeah, seven. I was just making stuff up. Yeah, 42, nine, seven, just get the ball. And uh, you know, it's kind of like football's a much better game, but we were there playing American football and it's pretty scruffy. And then all these guys that I was with, You know, they kind of like, now I knew the church that they were involved in and I had been there going every Sunday and they says, oh, we've got a wedding. We've got a wedding that we're all going to. So we all go back to this house and they all put great suits on, but I was like away from my accommodation. So I turned up in this wedding with like scruffy jeans on, my t-shirt, it's a bit mucky and kind of basically I'm sitting at the back and it's all good. I'm just gonna, we're gonna sit in the back row, watch this beautiful wedding, then we're all gonna go out for food. Cool. I'm with these guys, the bride comes in. She's glorious and glistening. She comes to the front, it's all great. 
But someone had told the senior pastor of this church, there's a few thousand people in the church, that Mark Ritchie was at the service. He'd not seen me, but he just heard. And then halfway through the service, he suddenly says, I would like to ask the Bible student Mark Ritchie to come forward and to pray for the bride. Everyone is there in their suits, looking amazing. And I'm like, no, no, what is this? And I get up and I've got to come to the front. And as I'm coming down the aisle, I can see all these Canadians going, he's Scottish. Yeah, he's Scottish. That's what the Scottish do, yeah. I've heard they eat their own children, yeah. And uh, coming to the front and I'm thinking, oh, man. And the, I can see this minister looking at me. This was not what he was expecting. I've got these dirty trainers on, a T-shirt that's a bit dirty. It's like, oh, these jeans. And I get to the front and as I look at the bride, she looks at me through the veil and I could just see her eyes were like, this wedding dress costs a lot of money, yeah? Do not touch me, yeah? She was like really giving me the eyeball saying, I want you away from me because this costs a lot of money. And so I had to do that prayer where you sort of hover. You don't actually, you're like, oh, Lord. And uh, I prayed my prayer. But you know, I've thought about that quite a few times. This beautiful, glorious bride in all of her beauty and glory. And there I was, dirty and messy. And it was like horrendous moment. But I thought, I wonder what would have happened if just before I got asked to do it, I'd been able to grab one of my mates and we could swap in the little side room and I could put his suit on. He could take my dirty t-shirt, my dirty jeans, and I could have come to the front looking clean and sparkling. It would have been amazing. And that is exactly what happened at the cross because God wants to meet every one of you and there he is in his beauty and his glory. God has never known no sin. He is beautiful and awesome and powerful. But we are a bit messed up and we're in our trainers and our jeans and our t-shirt. But we are able to give our stuff to Christ and Christ gives us his righteousness. At the cross, we come forward and without shame, we can connect with God. And without shame, you can connect with a holy God. So Jesus wants us to be without baggage. He wants us to be without any restriction. He wants us to be without any guilt. And what I would like to do now is in a moment, I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads. And in a moment, I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And in this short prayer, I'm going to invite that you pray the words with me. Don't say them out loud so people can hear, but pray them in your heart today. And as you pray them, God is hearing this, that at the cross we can be free from baggage, free from restriction, free from guilt. And then I'm going to say amen. And when I say amen, I'm going to ask us to keep our heads bowed for a couple more moments. And but I'm going to then say, if you prayed that prayer, as our heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you on three, one, two, three, just to slip up your hand. And as you slip up your hand, I've brought some books, and I would love for you to have a book. And I've asked the team to help me, and the team will come quickly, and they'll just slip it into your hand, and you can have that book. It's free, it's for you. But it's a moment where you're just saying, 
I want to be free from baggage. I want to be free from restriction. I want to be free from guilt. And we can be set free. I wonder if we could bow our heads in the presence of God. Sense the presence of God all morning. And here we are. I'm just going to pray this little prayer. Why don't you just pray in your heart after me? Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that through Jesus, I can be free of restriction. I can be free of baggage. I can be free of guilt. I give you my mess and I receive your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I'm going to count to three. And on three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand and keep it up. The team will put one in your hand. You take that and put it under your chair. And then I'm going to finish the service. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's really good. That's wonderful. If the guys could just come, just keep your hand up until the team get one to you. Really appreciate that. Um, thank you so much to the team for that. Lord, thank you that you make us clean. Thank you, Lord, that you make us absolutely sparkling clean. I pray, Lord, for any of us that are in this room that are struggling with baggage right now, that we have got stuff that we want to be free from. I pray for people in the room that are struggling with anxiety, that they would be free and they would know the peace of God. I pray for people in the room that are feeling overwhelmed I pray that they would know what it is to be free from these tensions and worries. I pray for people who have been dealing with dark thoughts and maybe depressive feelings. We pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a freedom that would come. Pray for someone who's been feeling the bleakest and the weirdest thoughts about their value of their life. We pray in Jesus' name that they would be free and that they would know new life in a wonderful way. We thank you, Jesus, that you say we will be free indeed. And we pray, Lord, that we would live in that freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, it's been such a joy to uh, to be getting the chance to be here. Last night was fun. Today has been great. And, um, you know, I just want to say, if you receive one of those books, um, if you look in the front, it, it's the book of Mark. And uh, when I was in Doncaster, someone says, wow, did you write this? And I was like, no, it's part of the Bible. And they were like, oh, I thought you had written it. And uh, basically, um, at the front and at the back, it's got www.questionmark.tv. And that's a little website that I've put together to find out more about what it means to live in freedom and have a little look at it and um, send me an email if you would like. But what a joy it's been. Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you.